0: Hey guys, welcome to this week's Money and Investing show. This week, we are looking at the subject of exotics. What role do they play in an investment portfolio? What to look for, what to avoid, and how to use them in the right way. Plenty of things to take notes on in here, but most importantly, make sure you take plenty of action. Hey guys, welcome to this week's Money and Investing show with me, your host, Andrew Baxter, and as always, my offsider and co-host, Mitchell Orenshaw. Thanks for having me on the show, Mr. Baxter.
1: And as much as we'd love to be on an exotic holiday, we're gonna talk about exotics, but not in the fashion that you may be thinking. We're going to talk about exotic instruments to be able to trade and invest in. So mm. a natural progression from where we've come from, ETFs, direct equities, we're going to get into a little bit
0: more of the speculative speculative area of the market today. Indeed, and it's always an interesting space to, uh, to acknowledge. And I think, you know, this is the sort of stuff after you've got everything else organised in your investing world, you know, you've got your ETF portfolio established, you're doing some direct shares, you've got a property uh, that's where you probably want to start. Then looking at maybe some finessing or value adding if it suits your risk profile, with the group of uh, instruments we call the exotics. That's right.
1: And precursor for our listeners out there, we're talking forex, CFDs, crypto, and options, which we'll put a bit of a spin on too, because they are indeed very, very flexible in what mm. they can achieve. But. Maybe let's start at the more speculative, speculative area of that list and maybe start with Forex. So what have we got
0: there, AB? Yeah, Forex, foreign exchange dealing is where you're trading what's called a currency pair. So a currency on its own can't be strong. You can't say the Australian dollar is strong because it's always measured relative to something else. So you may have the Australian dollar compared to the Great British Brand, the Euro, the Yen, the US dollar, for example. So it's a measure of relative strength. And the idea of being a Forex trader is that you're trading the dynamic and it is a very dynamic market of, uh, of currency moves, one currency pair versus another. So, an interest rate announcement sends the thing skyrocketing uh, or making it relatively strong to the other currency. And we know that when we're trading foreign exchange, we're getting
1: into very minuscule movements in that currency. That's You're right. talking PIPs. So mm-hmm. on that
0: basis, we know that leverage comes into play there, AB. It certainly does. I mean, a PIP is a thousandth of a percent. So like a basis point is point zero, uh, point zero zero 0.001 of a, 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 a move in a percentage point and a, a thousandth would be a PIP. So it's a very, very small move. But the reason Forex trading, I guess, is so popular out there um, is, be very careful how I couch this, but the attractions of leverage, you don't necessarily need a, a lot of money to get started. And in itself, that Criteria that you don't need a lot of money to get started is all the more reason why from a a wealth creation pathway, you need to attend to the other planks on the deck of the ship first. If you haven't got a lot of cash, work harder on getting that platform of savings and some of the more basic financial skills under control rather than jumping headlong into a very, very geared market. And I guess that's one of my biggest issues when I see companies out there marketing, you know, Forex trading is going to get you, you know, set you free forever. Yeah, I'm not a big buyer of that story. For a number of reasons, um, you know, and I often see, um, you know, come and trade where the professionals trade. That's the reason to trade forex. It's where the pros trade. But if you're someone that's brand new to this journey, hopping into the Premiership contest where the pros are trading is going to end very badly for you because you're dealing with, you know, organisations that have got massive ability to high frequency trade or, or, or algorithmically, algorithmically trade. Tantai. You're going to get cleaned up. Uh, and, And the fact that the big guys are playing there isn't a reason to be there, it's a reason to probably avoid it if you're someone that's fairly new to this. Speaking of big guys, uh, one thing that not a lot of people who trade Forex would realise is
1: that there's often what we call a, a B-book oh, being yeah. run. So know no, it's yeah. terrible. Can we get a description maybe of what a B-book is and how it actually
0: works? It's a great point, actually. Yeah, uh, Typically in the Forex space, that's where you see, as you say, B-booking. And what does B-booking mean? It means the broker or the company you're trading with actually takes the opposite side of the trade from you. And The reason for doing this, I guess, is based on the premise that most clients over a period of time lose money. So rather than just let them simply lose money in the market, why don't you then take the other side of the trade and what they lose, you gain. It's totally unconscionable. It's actually not illegal. Uh, It needs to be disclosed. Um, And you can see it disclosed in the small print, very small print, um, in in either the financial services guide uh, and so on and so forth, that the company may from time to time create liquidity, is how they typically describe it, in certain instruments, and that may well be that they're actually be booking you. Uh, And you've got to ask yourself that question from a moral standpoint. Do you want to be partnering with someone that's betting against you on your trades? And the answer to that probably should be no. And betting against you on your leveraged trades too, which makes it even worse. Well, that's right. And Forex being leveraged, a small position, carries uh, a big uh, big amount of movement in the market. So what, what could be a very small price move when it's amplified by leverage? can hurt you a lot. So all up, foreign exchange trading has its role. It's a diversified uh, way of trading. And there'll be diehards that comment on this post. I get that totally. uh, and, And that's their prerogative to do so. But it is ultimately a very speculative trading tool. And if your goal is to be a speculator, perhaps it's a place for you to consider trading. But it's not, in my opinion, like a bastion of wealth creation. It's like at the absolute zenith of you've got everything else covered and you want some diversification, maybe put some Forex in there. But again, it's something that can be quite time consuming. But it's a 24-hour market, um, six days a week. Uh, So you know there's plenty of liquidity. You don't get gaps like you do in equity markets. So there are some positives to it, but it requires a particularly... Uh, vigorous set of skills and noting that you're getting in the ring with, with someone that's an undefeated, undisputed heavyweight champ and you're going to get dragged out by your ankles. Mm. That's right, because we're not opposed to Forex trading. We just need people to be
1: aware of the actual challenges that come with it. Remember, it's where the pros play. Good reason to avoid it. That's right. Well, speaking of leverage, AB and shifting gears a touch, let's talk about CFDs or mm. Contract for Difference. We've done a whole session on direct equities and I guess the next progressive step in that if you are looking to use leverage or borrowed money, so to speak, would be CFDs.
0: Yeah. And again, leverage in itself is not a bad thing. Uh, It can give you the ability not just to gear up your return, but perhaps give you the ability to reduce your risk through diversification. So, if you've got a relatively small amount of cash, but gear it up instead of having one share, you could have five or six different shares, thereby spreading the risk. So, when leverage is used in the right way, it can actually add quite considerable value to a portfolio and to an investor by reducing risk, which seems so counterintuitive, uh, but is how it should be used. So, CFDs or contracts for difference, I guess, making it very simple, they're the new version of margin lending, not that new, a while. Um, so instead of putting down the full value of a share, you might put down 20% of the value of the share, and then the rest of it, the 80%, is borrowed. Uh, and when you close out of the position, you then repay the loan component, and then what you get to pocket is the price difference between what you bought in at and what you sold at. So you could make a profit that way, or of course, if the trade goes the other way, um, you're then banking a loss, so your, your account is down a little bit. So yeah, they can. it's a, a good way of looking at it, it's like a modern day margin loan. Almost like buying a house by the sounds of it too. You're putting down a certain deposit and then you can get the gain on the full value. Yeah, and, and, and CFDs, I think one of the really big advantages that so many people overlook is it, they're actually a very easy tool to be able to take short trades on the market as well. So if you've got a view that you want to make money from a falling market, they can provide you that opportunity very easily on their platform. Um, you, know, you sell first, buy later to close the trade. So it's just a reverse transaction to all intents and purposes. I guess a few things to note from a CFD provider perspective, and we have relationships with with, with one firm in particular in this space because we, we have clients that use these. Uh, number one is to make sure that you have what's called a direct market access platform, and that means you're trading directly in the market itself as opposed to uh, a market made platform. Uh, and in the past, I've seen you know CFD providers go, look, we don't charge a commission fee if you trade with us, but the, the spread between the buy and sell is where the commission is kind of hidden, um, and, and, and they make their money in, in that respect. Um, there's also interest to pay uh, if you're using CFDs on the basis that if you've borrowed money to, to buy into uh, a stock position, then you've got to pay interest. And conversely, if you're short, where you're, you've got a bearish position running, where you've sold the shares. Um, and, and then you're buying to close back, you actually earn interest on that position, which is uh, an attractive cool. feature as well. So, yeah, they've made for yeah, efficient markets. Again, like everything, leverage means that it, it can be a more risky instrument to trade uh, and you shouldn't be attracted into it on the basis that oh, I can gear up and get a bigger bang for my buck unless you've become, I guess, skilled, educated and and to an extent qualified as a trader before you jump into that. But, yeah, very, very comparable on, on many respects to the way a margin loan works. One of the things to point out is that if a trade goes against you, uh, because you're using borrowed funds, you can end up in a, a, a situation where you have something called a margin call, where you have to put more money into your account to maintain your position because the trade's gone against you and and the value of the asset you bought is maybe getting close to the value of the loan and the and the provider wants to pad themselves up from any risk. So you may have to put more cash in uh, and that is that is an important factor. And if you're unable to put the cash in, they will liquidate your position.
1: Okay, so it can be a fairly sp- speculative game it can also be used as a good tool for diversification right
0: it's like so many financial instruments when they're used in the right way for the right reasons they can add considerable value Uh, and then when you leave people to oh wonder what i could use this for the devil's hands uh, can get involved with things sometimes and turn them into you know financial instruments of terror okay well can we can we dwell down on that point for a second Mm. ab one of the next i guess asset classes
1: we want to talk about if you can call it that would be cryptocurrency Mm. uh you know that is that the
0: Top end of the speculative area of the market. Look, it is. I'm glad I'm wearing black for this. (laughs) (laughs) I think. it's it, it, your Crypto has, it has been a revolution for so many people, and it's certainly appealed to a, a massive uh, groundswell of new participants in the investing world, and I think to that end, you've got to sort of acknowledge that it's opened the door to the world of investing for people that perhaps in the past haven't considered it, felt it's boring or clunky or slow-moving. Um, I don't think you can describe crypto as any of those three, three things, which um, in itself can be a problem. So... What's the basis for crypto? And we've talked about this previously in various podcasts. You know that it's, all, it's an alternate investment class. It's uncorrelated. It's a store of wealth. You can use it for transacting. None of those things are particularly true. We've seen that it's very highly correlated to the Dow Jones index in the first instance. It's not an inflation hedge, and it's most certainly not a store of wealth based on on that particular uh, pattern. Uh, can you use it for transactions? Very rarely, but potentially every now and then. And the issue I have, or two issues I have in the crypto space, is number one, it's an unregulated market, and and, and that in itself is quite scary. And we've seen a plethora of um, crypto exchanges collapse, with investors literally being left out of pocket to to the tune of billions of dollars. And I think the maxim of wealth creation, it's not about what you make, it's what you get to keep, is such a basic yet such a cornerstone expression and thought process to have. So you you may have been traveling along very nicely with your crypto account, all of a sudden the exchange that you work with has gone bust and you've lost all your money. Now the advantage to trading within regulated markets is the probability of an exchange falling over is is significantly lower, if not um, virtually impossible to happen. Uh, and also given the fact that it's regulated, there are things like insurance policies to help back up uh, uh, your, your, um, your account holdings. There's also a level of compliance. Yeah. You know, when you sort of hear about people going, oh yeah, I run a crypto exchange and I've just used it to go and buy a property for half my family and and, and this and that with, with with the money that belongs to your investors is really quite unconscionable. So parking those sort of risks to the side. Um the reason people buy crypto—it's not a long-term store of wealth. They buy it because they want to make money. They want to get rich, and by buying a position in it, it may well go up over time, and you make money. So ultimately, it's a speculative tool. Where does it sit in the gambit of investing? Look, uh, over the last few years, maybe not so much recently, but probably three or four years ago, you started to see super funds, for example, picking up some exposure to crypto because it was becoming increasingly mainstream. But I guess as we move into tougher economic times, and rather like property, which I'm sure we'll talk about in, a, in, a, in another episode, it's like a pebble dropping in in a pond. The ripples right on the outside are the first areas to get absolutely smashed when the economy gets tight. Crypto is the Johnny Come Lately of investment assets, so that's seen quite a shrinkage, uh, and I suspect will continue to do so. There are the diehard believers, and that's great, but um, I think. The one game changer I can see in the crypto space is perhaps if somebody is able to put together a gold-backed crypto, Ooh, okay. now, Interesting. whoever does that is onto an absolute winner because all of a sudden it becomes a store of wealth, it's a finite resource, da da, da da You can go on with the various reasons behind that and I'm sure somebody out there way smarter than either of us will come up with that. We'll take uh, a royalty fee for it. Here we go. Remember we heard it first. But uh, as for an inclusion from a wealth creation strategy, look, if you're into speculation put some in there, but it's at the absolute pointy end of speculation, I'd probably rank it alongside the 230s and... um... Okay, so very, very small allocation in a portfolio of assets if Mm -hmm. it were to be one.
1: Yep. Moving forward then AB, which is our bread and butter and the last one that we want to talk to today is exchange traded options. Mm. Now these can be used to speculate as we have been making mention of, they can also be used very effectively to hedge or anywhere in between. So Mm. let's talk to options in their
0: power. Yeah, oh, but don't, don't even get us started, right? No, don't get me started on this. I mean, this has been my career for the last thirty years in in the derivative space, and uh, and I love options. I should be wearing a T shirt. I love options. Uh, and we need reason- that made for you. Oh, that'd be great, great Christmas present. Wardrobe well, will hate us, better. but we'll get it. <laughs> why, 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 what, the, why do I like them? The answer is really simple. They are the thinking person's derivative. You can do so much with options, and if you break it back to Tintex, when options were originally developed the purpose for them was risk management and risk mitigation. And to that end, even though they're classified in in, in the structure that we're operating with as one of the exotics, I think they stand front and center because if you use them for what they were designed for to help mitigate risk, they are a great tool. Now, what does that mean? Well, for example, buying a put option gives you the ability to, to all intents and purposes, ensure your shares. So if you bought a $44 put option on BHP that ran for six months, if BHP caves in and you know things with China break down and BHP is trading at 22 bucks, you legally will be able to sell your shares for $44 guaranteed. Great, great risk mitigation tool. So you've bought an insurance policy just like you would for your car. Uh, and that peace of mind that it can give investors is absolutely huge. So that's a very simple and positive use for them. Equally, if you're using them to generate income um, through, say, a covered call strategy, uh, which is, you know, it is our bread and butter. That's our strategy, cash flow on demand. And uh, again, covered calls is a more conservative strategy than simply owning shares. You've got the ability to, through buy and rights, outperform a market over a given period of time, which the ASX certainly shows. Um, and you've got a tool that's got the ability to, to help investors generate more regular cash flow from a stock portfolio than just getting a dividend twice a year. So big, big tick from a risk mitigation and an income generative perspective, where I think options are their own unique, group is that with the aforementioned asset classes we talked about, so Forex, CFDs, or crypto, you've got to guess, punt, uh, analyze, decide on which direction the market's going in in order to get paid, whereas using options, you can get paid based on the market moving up, moving down, moving nowhere, moving all over the place. So the flexibility that they bring to your um, trading arsenal is infinitesimal, is is it really constrained by how smart you want to be in putting your strategy together. So if you want to put, a, 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 for example, a straddle on where you you expect a share price to become very volatile around a results earning, for example, a a results announcement or an earnings announcement, you can put a straddle on and provided the stock moves dramatically, either up or down, you make money. Um, if you want to put a strangle on where you don't want the stock to move anywhere, you can put on a strategy that you get paid for it not moving. You can use credit spreads, you can use debit spreads, you can do condors. The, 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 the list is vast as to what you can use them for. And I think they do play a massive role in an investor portfolio, and this is the difference I think between the other three exotics, in that when they're used in combination with a stock portfolio for the right reasons, not to punt on the market and try and just get a geared or accelerated return, but to actually genuinely work on either reducing risk or creating income flow, uh, they are a perfect instrument.
1: Absolutely, and we we love options because as you say, you've got the ability to hedge, risk mitigate, and then also you can
0: speculate if you want to or anywhere in between. And I guess the difference between speculating in the previous markets we've talked to, you know, be it Forex or or, or CFDs or, or crypto, through using options in the correct way, you can speculate, but with limited risk. You can box in your risk on the trade. So your worst case scenario, you know, up front, and there's no risk of it gapping down through or, or, or an announcement coming along and knocking knocking your position off its perch. So you can, you can box in. And again, that appealed to me very early on in my trading career, because there were enough variables in a market that anything you can do to... Give yourself a wider gateway to drive through by mitigating risk or, or putting constraints on your maximum up or downside, give you a higher level of certainty. And I think as human beings, we all crave two things, uncertainty and then certainty. And when it comes to money, certainty is usually the overarching motivation for people and options definitely provide that when they're used in the right way. The caveat on that, as you're about to bail me up on, I know is using them in the right way. I can see, That's I can right. see the look you on your face. You can see, you know me too well. The overarching message here a, being, when we really
1: assess all of these, is that you've got to know what you're doing, and a level mm-hmm. of education and skill set is required to trade each of them because. Individually, they can be great asset classes and people can make really good money out of all of
0: them. You've just got to know exactly how to trade them. Yep, That's it in a nutshell. I think investing in your education is so, so crucial um, to, to open the the door to the possibilities of what's on there. And you know, from time to time, um, you know, I meet people that have been in the stock market for you know, longer than I have. And, and, and you introduce the idea of insurance to them and they're almost like, what are you making this up? No, it actually is there, you can do it, and this is why I'd suggest it. And it's a game changer for them, but it's being open, of course, to recognizing that there are always things you can do to improve your, your strategy performance or reducing your risk. And that's just one example of it. But getting educated is crucial. And I think you know the responsibility of educators out there is also to provide a very well-rounded uh, assessment of the eff- efficiencies and effectiveness of the tools they teach and also really where the risks are, and I can absolutely guarantee forex providers won't be out there teaching you how to trade and say by the way we're on a b-book with you on the other side of the trade they will in writing buried somewhere but it won't be disclosed in a very very transparent way um equally you know in the crypto space there are a lot of you know instant millionaires that have done very very well from a particular move in markets but again it's a self-anointed expert in a field whereas i think you know in the stock market and particularly you know in the area that we operate um you know having a, a really decent amount of experience, but perhaps more importantly, qualifications to, to help people in that space is key. So, yeah, in Australia, um, yeah, we trade both the US and the Australian market, of course. But like in Australia, if you're going to be advised on derivatives, one of the things you want to look out for there's a, there's an accreditation. It's called the ASX ADA level, uh, the ASX Accredited Derivatives Advisor exams, ADA one and twos. And, and probably less than 2% of advisors in Australia would hold that qualification. I'm proud to say, I, I am one of them and, and, and a number of other members of our team are too. So you're dealing with people that are experts in that particular field on a credential basis. So what you're hearing is real as opposed to, oh, when I did this, this happened and it's all a bit of a pipe dream. So the exotics, look, they, 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 they do play a very, very important role in the world of investing in a good and a bad way. The bad way is where it pulls people off track and they get sucked into the vortex of get rich quick, dangerous, or when they're used in the right way, um, you know, to add some value and finessing to a portfolio can be good too. And in a way, it's no different to motor vehicles. You know, if you've got an exotic in the garage, it's probably not gonna be your everyday drive. It's the one you use on a Sunday to go and get a coffee and it's all very nice when the weather's good. But you've got a couple of other vehicles that are the mainstay that you use to get you from A to B. And I think from a trading perspective, once you've got the other stuff in play, portfolio in the stock market, other investments working in the right way, good budgeting, savings, all the ground floor stuff that we talk to, um, then looking at this to add some value makes perfect sense. Jumping in at the front end going, I'm going to be a derivatives trader before you do anything, that's a little bit more risk on and I've got to question people's motivation an ability to 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 stick to a longer term plan wealth creation is long term it's not overnight and uh, you might make it overnight but you won't keep it it's about making sure not only you make it but you get to keep it too great way to finish ab once again thanks very much and we've all learned a lot cheers Absolute pleasure anytime mitch there you have it guys make sure you give us a review and a rating and we'll look forward to hosting you next week